Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Well, Jeff, I'm sure you thought about this uh, this week, but you know, the Christian life for a lot of people is kind of like an evil Knievel jump. Remember him? Oh, I, I heard someone else talk about evil Knievel. Just really? I forgot what, um, oh, well, I know no. what it was. It was more of a political discussion, yeah. but yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, I'll tell you what that, what that means later on. But anyway, I'm Roger, and um, I am Jeff Fields. We're the Fields Brothers, and we're coming to you from Central Kentucky, actually from Moonlight Fields Wedding Farm. We're in the man cave. And um, we're a two recovering pastors with no known history of scandal. Actually, no history of scandal at all. At least not on my part. I don't guess you had any scandal either. Don't but, think so. Uh, this is kind of detox from religious obligation. This is faith-based. I mean, we do believe in God. We believe in Jesus. Our faith and trust is in Him. But we're just not real big on a lot of stuff that comes down um, in the religious world. And so we talk about that a little bit. And bash things that need to be bashed and uplift things that we think need to be uplifted. So anyway, uh, Jeff, you want us to talk about anything that's going on on your side of town or with your family before I launch into some stuff? Last night, I, well, since you brought, since you gave me an opportunity here, I'll, I'll keep this brief. But last night, I don't know if you probably did not see this, but I was just sitting at home minding my own business. I was not hurting anybody. I thought, well, I'll check Facebook. Are you saying like for a change, you mean, or what? You're saying this? No, you're, like, no, like no, it's, no, no. Okay. So anyway, so I'm not hurting anybody, minding my own business at home. Thought, well, I'll check Facebook, see if anything going on there. And I looked, and someone has mentioned my name in a reply. <laughs> and good friend of mine, David, that lives in Memphis, had posted a picture of his, his new little grandson that has a full head of hair. And Clara Fields decided to comment on it. That would be who? That would be, let me think, our mother. Our mother, right. The one who gave birth to us. And she commented on how cute the kid was. And she said that Jeff used to have a, have a full, was born or had a full head of hair like that early. But I don't know what happened to it now or something like that. <laughs> and my friend David puts the little laughing emoji next to it. And then David says, yeah, it must be like Elijah was, or something like was here but was caught up into the sky. And then mom puts the laughing emoji. So they're just yucking it up at my expense because of my lack of hair. Can you believe that? Just, you know, just Mom can be rough. I'll tell you, she can be rough sometimes. I'm just telling you. I know she loves us. We love her. But does she... She can go at us. She can give and take. So anyway, yeah. But I did. I did um, mention it know. here. But do you remember the the line on? Of course, both of us have a similar hairstyle. But <laughs> you remember the Tony Campolo line? Uh, about, he had several about it actually. Well, the one that he mentioned that I've I've never heard anybody else use. He said they don't put marble tops on cheap furniture. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. So um, so yes, we are a little bit challenged uh, when it comes to a full head of hair and all that. But it was just you know just to see a bit. Everybody else uh, laughing at my expense on that. All right. Well, I get, but we, I'm able to, uh, but I'm over it now. I, well, I've, good. I, I'm I have you. forgiven them. I forgave them as we have been forgiven. Yep. So. <laughs> All right. You know, it dawned on me this week that it's a horrible thing to say, I guess, but for many, many days, the quality of my life is somewhat tied to my ability to remember all my passwords. <laughs> it's like every day, I'm like, oh, and I even have a program that remembers passwords for me, but. You know, passwords get updated and changed. I don't know why it doesn't always save all my changes of passwords. But I have, I have a lot of programs where I use passwords. And every day I get into something and I put the wrong password. And I only have two or three that I actually use. It's not like I have a whole bunch of passwords. But, you know, these programs, 
after you use a password for so long will make you change the yeah, password. Yeah. And that's when I get in trouble. It's like I have a couple I use. Once I've already used those, then I wander off into the you know stratosphere with some password yeah. that I can't remember I've, later on. I've got a few pages in an old phone oh. book at the office that I've gotten a whole slew of logins and passwords, and it's been, you know you mark through them and you write the new one. And if if that book ever if I ever lose that book, I'm in big trouble. But I wow. ch- had changed one today. One of the I mean, you got a zillion of these. Yeah, that is a. Um, well, I had a little bit of a rough, a little bit of a rough week. Um, well, last week actually, my sign got stolen. You knew about yeah, that. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw you put that on Facebook. Yeah, my sign, uh, Moonlight Fields uh, Wedding Farm sign. <coughs> had it been stolen before? It had just okay, second uh, time. Okay, I was and it's, it. it's fairly heavy. It's like three feet by four feet. You know, it's bigger than it looks like when you just drive by it. Yeah. and it's two layers of pretty thick wood hammered together. There's Moonlight Fields Wedding Farm on both sides, and you know, but it's on hooks. It's like a, a kind of a T-shaped kind of thing or L-shaped kind of uh, wooden post, and it hangs off the crossbar. And but somebody lifted it off the hooks, which you know wasn't that hard to. But it's, I mean, it's heavy. But they stole it, and so that. Well, I, I'm tired of it getting stolen because it was the second time. So I built a bigger sign. I put two big old six by six posts up. This sign is over eight feet wide now. It's about three feet high oh i forgot to tell you i, I know it's coming in it was missing it's gone Did oh yeah know? right no it's not gone no, there's no way it's, it's about eight or nine feet off the ground so it's a big old sign then guess what i get a letter from jesmond county i got cited oh, for my sign yes i didn't know that oh yeah i know i got cited i got two weeks to take it down which means i got one more week from today to take so it means down. a neighbor called neighbor called told in. me in yeah and, and I'm, so, I'm guessing I bet yeah, we know which yes, neighbor. Yes, we know. We, I think we know. <laughs> and so anyway, but here's the thing. First of all, I didn't get a permit. I know you had to have a permit for the sign. They made me have a permit for other signs, but my other signs were smaller, and I guess nobody ever bothered to notice. You that think he's the one that stole the other sign? I kind of wonder, but I don't know. But anyway, can I get all my story? And so, <laughs> and so anyway, if after next Friday, if I don't have it down by Friday, and I had to apply for a permit to get it to sign up, um, it's five hundred dollars a day. Wow! Do you get a letter in the mail? Is that oh yeah, letter in the, and these letters, you know, like in all capital letters, and there's a couple of typos in it. It wasn't like it was a well crafted letter, but all caps, you know, like a par- paragraph of that I'm in violation. I didn't get a permit, and I needed, you know. So can you get so, a permit for it? Yeah, you can. So I went in there and applied for it. I thought they were going to make me get a, a contractor for this, but they didn't. It does, there's a place for mm-hmm. a contractor. And so it turns out, I think I just got to move it back. I think you're going to let me have the same size, which I'm right at the limit. You got 32 square feet. Mine's like 30 and a half square feet. Because there's the church congregation that we attend right across the road. that they, They've they got a sign, but I guess it's farther off the road. And than I think what yours it, is. It, I, I wonder if they got a permit for it. But, probably so. Yeah, but, well, they probably knows. did. Yeah, but anyway, so no, I didn't get a permit for it. And so now I got to get my permit in, which I said could come in next week, but it might be a little while in between signs. So I'll take down this one. I'm going to get as much mileage out of it as I can, so I'm going to wait till Friday to take it down. So how far day. do you have to move it? Probably back about eight feet. I get I get 15 feet from the middle of the road um, towards the property. That's your the easement, and then another 10 feet. So essentially 25 feet from the middle of the road back, and I put my sign back up. Is that hard? So, to get? so you just well, post hole, yeah, digging well, post holes? And I have an auger machine that digs okay. it for us, and then we have to – I'm hoping I can leave one post in there and just move the outside one back to the inside. So anyway – so it, another thing too, I kind of got some. I got some uh, um, pr- kind of peripheral stuff. Is that okay? Sure. Um, um, I'm a realtor. Radon. Been dealing with radon. Did you know? 
It's a gas, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it, right now it's kind of more serious than what I was led to believe it was in real estate school. Okay, radon kind of is a big deal. It's it's uh, uranium that's under the ground that turns into radium that then turns into radon. It comes up through the ground mm-hmm. and into some homes, and they have machines that check for this. And it's they say radon accounts for one third of all lung cancer. Hmm. Okay. I, have, I was and had so, not heard that. And so, if you have a reading that's over a three point nine, and I had a four point three reading, so we did it again because we we're pretty close, and it turned out even worse. It was over five next time. So, so is that checked every time a home is? No, you hmm. have to you have to call for the. It's up to the buyer. Okay, uh, to, to determine that. In some places, like between, uh, if you're not familiar with Lexington, this wouldn't mean much to you. But in between Nicholasville Road and Harrodsburg Road. The, the radon mediation people tell me that four out of five houses have a radon problem. Four out of five. So what do you do when well, you have a problem? What they do is they, uh, what they do, hermetically seal it. They seal the floor with, with plastic, and they run some pipes under it, some fans, so the gas can't come up through the floor. And if it does come up under the plastic, it is blown out before it can come up into the house. And a lot of new houses are already built that way. They're already sealed. Hmm. But this house was built in 77, so it's not sealed. So a lot of newer homes have already had that taken care of. But anyway, and I have one other thing to share. I, I'm, I'm here for you just to unload on. This is not an unload. Just, this just, this just is going to bear your soul and just, just go ahead this and is gonna, spill your guts. <laughs> Whatever is really bothering you. Uh, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm a listening ear. Okay, yeah, right. Well, if you're going to be a listening ear, you got to be quiet for just a minute. Let me tell <laughs> I have come to a huge conclusion and uh, and that is this. Are you ready? Sugar, Jeff, is not your friend. Okay, I saw you put this on Facebook the other day. Let you know, me it's tell it's you. kind of dangerous to be so public about this, you realize. I know it is, because if I'd fall off the wagon, right. I, I understand that. But it is it is a fact that, that um, I could tell in the afternoons I was getting kind of a brain fog. And I, you know, I hated that. And I, started, and I saw a video about what sugar does to your brain. Now, this is a lot of stuff. To a lot of parts of your body, but it, it just it does affect your mental capacity at certain times of the day. And so anyway, I won't go into the details, but I've been off sugar now for over three weeks, and I feel better. I feel more energetic, clearer. Anyway, so I've just so I'm by sugar. You mean the, the obvious sugars? I mean, like bread has sugar in it, things like that. Pretty much off that. breads, yeah. But so. sugar, like um, you know, stevia is okay. Do stevia, do monk fruit. Those are sweeteners, sweeteners that are not bad for you. They don't raise your, um, glycemic index anyway. Right? And so, um, yeah, <laughs> that's a big word. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, so anyway, that's, um, that was, a, that was a real, I don't know. It's a big discovery. I mean, I've heard all my life sugar's not good for you, but I thought it was kind of a weight issue. When I have a lot of sugar, I'm going to get fat, which, that kind of happens too, but true about the big news in Hazard, or are you surviving okay after what happened in Hazard? I don't know a few what days happened ago. Hazard, what happened? The the Mother Goose House. Are you aware of that? No, there I was not until recently. There's that. There's a place that's recently been a bed and breakfast in Hazard, Kentucky, which is a few hours from here, way up in eastern Kentucky. They had a place called the Mother Goose House, and the top of the house looked like the back of a goose with kind of a feather in the back of it. And the front of it had this big, huge goose head that I don't, I mean, it looked like it probably was 15 feet above. I mean, it looked like a goose head and that is, it's been there for deck. It's been there like 80 years or so. The goose head fell off the building this past week because of the buildup of the snow and the ice and then the storms okay. this week. I mean, they were interviewing people. I mean, people were really emotional really? about seeing this thing. Now they're going to try to fix it. But if you Google, 
Mother Goose Head Fallen in Hazard, Kentucky, or something to that effect, you'll see it. So uh, I'm sorry to break the news to you right here on the middle of a podcast, but you, you seem to be holding up rather well. I think, I'm, heard I, that. I think so, I'll be able to face so. life knowing that the Mother okay. Goose Head fell off. Yeah. So what else you got? Well, you know, I started this last week, but I kind of wanted to continue the thought. We talked about the – I saw this TV show – where it was a big old deal that they there was some paranormal activity apparently yeah. in this house, okay, you know, yeah. and they said that uh, you know they the big deal was and, and I saw the, the video where they had all these the, the media was outside it was supposedly one of the more well documented paranormal activities in America I guess and I think it was Pennsylvania but I could be wrong about the state could have been Virginia somewhere over <laughs> in that direction and and so the the report was that the uh, some appliance went across the floor I think it was a refrigerator was moved mm-hmm. across the floor. And they have video of this, and some recliners went up and down, you know. And so the, the thought was, wow, I mean, it's like a, just a manifestation of evil, you know, in this house. And my thought, it just started being so funny that, um, you know, that's our manifestation of evil, you know, an appliance going across the floor, that the recliners going up and down. So it just struck me that, that that's the best the devil can do. So it just got me on this train of thought about this. And there's a whole, you know, there, there's a lot of reports of, you know, weird paranormal stuff, but. Here, here's here's some of the things that they've noted that supposedly have happened in house. They've got lots of reports of tr- chains dragging. Okay, mm-hmm. you go to hear a chain dragging all the floor, assorted you know screams and moans. You, you know, know the whole idea of chains. There was some. Yeah. I don't know where that came from. Somehow chains. Just the sound of chains yeah. is just kind of creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. there's shadows, all kinds. Of there's one report where the house supposedly that a dog every now and then shows up with a with a rabbit head. Looks like a rabbit, okay? <laughs> there's all kinds of reports of like I hope there's somebody, no children listening to this. I can imagine some someone driving down the car listening to our podcast. Now these children are going to be yeah, scared. They're going to be going to bed tonight so. scared because of so. listening to the Fields Brothers Show podcast. So. Anyway, and there's all kinds of reports like of a ghost or something writing on a wall, you know. Uh, there's one report where there's, a, there's supposedly some black hound dog roams the grounds, but they can never find the dog. It's just all kinds of stuff that's really kind of kind of dumb to me you know and they get so the thought comes to me that's it that's the way the devil wants to manifest by these these stuff like that i mean and i would think if i was the devil and if i had the power that a lot of people think he has you would think he would do something a lot more impressive than push a refrigerator across the door or, you know, write some stuff on the wall. So anyway, so I started to drill down into it, you know, and you don't really see the devil doing a whole lot in the Old Testament. You know, he tricks Adam and Eve in taking the fruit, right? Mm-hmm. He um, has to get permission from God to mess with Job, okay? He had to get a hall pass right. for that. He couldn't just do that even on his own. He, he does mess with David by talking him into counting his troops. So there's a story where David was supposed to put his faith in God, but instead he wanted to... Put his faith in his troops, and so I remember about David him to counting. Just, yeah. I didn't. I didn't remember that being a yeah. direct temptation yeah, of, yeah, of yeah. the devil. devil but, I mean, right. the devil doesn't yeah. make it a personal appearance like right. he does in those other ones. So though, does here's it? here's just some other miscellaneous observations from the Bible. First of all, you know, the devil's always moving around. He roams around like a roaring lion. Right. First okay? Peter. Um, and he, in Job, the story of Job, he's going to and fro. So he's not omniscient. He's got to be one right. place or another. He's they, a created being. Right. And and the fact that he roams around like a roaring lion first of all i don't really i'm not really afraid of a roaring lion it's the biting lions that would kind of bother me a little bit but that is really kind of a pretty good picture of him he roars but i don't 
believe that he has all the power to do stuff. I think most of the stuff, that the bad stuff that happens on this planet happens because the devil lies to people mm-hmm. and tricks people. He schemes. He's a great schemer and gets us to do a lot of bad stuff on this planet. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's the accuser so of the brethren. He's, he's the one that, that's behind a lot of the guilt and the shame. And Right. And it's, I always, it always strikes me, too, that every time Jesus runs into demons in the Gospels, they're always whining and just moaning and begging him not to, you know, they're never a force to be reckoned with. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but in the movies... You know, the devil's always given all this credit. He's so big, and, you know, he turns people's heads around, does all this kind of stuff. But anyway, I just think... Now, that brings me to this scripture. Okay, this is one that we use, and and this kind of goes a little parallel to some of the stuff you talked about in the previous podcast. But, you know, we always use John 10.10. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I came that they may have life mm-hmm. and have it abundantly. We've talked a lot about life. Jesus is not coming to make bad people good, came to make dead people alive. It's about spiritual life. But it does not say specifically that that is talking about the devil when it says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Right. And the context of that is not the devil. Right. It's other teachers. It's mm-hmm. other leaders. It's religious people. He says, Jesus says in verse 9, I am the door if anyone comes to me. Uh, enters by me, he will be saved. He will go in and out find pasture. Before that, he says, I say to you, I am the Lord of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, and the sheep did not listen to them. So he talks about other people who influenced others spiritually, mm-hmm. but who didn't do it uh, through Christ. And so in that context, the thief may be referring to systems, to teachers, to people who are always putting obligations and guilt and shame, like we've talked about in the previous podcast, yeah, beating people down thinking. because they're not living good enough, they're not um, enough like Jesus. And that does have a tendency to steal, to kill, and destroy people. As it masquerades as an angel of light. That's yeah, in yeah. First or Second Corinthians. Yeah. So maybe the moving refrigerators around and things like that, maybe, yeah, low-level demons are doing that, but it's just a misdirection. It's just to get people worried about well, that when that's not the issue at all, that the real... Yeah, the, the, the real, real attacks are spiritual and yeah, and, they're, and, they're through people, and it's to get people to do things. Mm-hmm. You know, the devil is the, Jesus said the father of lies. He does lie. Um, he does scheme. Uh, we're not aware, unaware of his schemes. The Bible says. I think he's very, um, very tricky, very devious. But it's not a matter of power. It's not raw power. It's a matter of we just believe the stupid stuff he tells mm-hmm. us through other people. Do you remember? Have you heard the thing? Been a long time since I thought of this about how that. The three, there's kind of three physical appearances, or I don't know if you call each one physical experiences, aside from the one you mentioned of David, but the three most well-known ones parallel Satan imitating the three primary roles or offices of Jesus, the prophet, priest, and king. Have you ever heard that? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got three main times where the devil kind of really makes an appearance. You've got the Garden of Eden, and then Job, and then in Temptation of Temptation Jesus. Of Jesus. Yeah. And then there's also, I think it's true, that kind of the, the three offices, if we say it that way, of Jesus, is pro- he's prophet, priest, and king. You know, that's that's been taught for a long time. Yeah, I'm well, not sure I believe that, but go okay. ahead. Well, okay, right. well, right. we're going to have to zoom that right. for this to All make right. sense. Okay. All right. So in the Garden of Eden, Satan comes to Adam and Eve saying, did God say? And so basically he's usurping the role of prophet. The prophet is one who speaks to people on behalf of God. Okay. And so he is speaking to Adam and Eve 
and causing them to question God's word. So kind of usurping the role of prophet. Right. Well, in Job, he's not coming to people on behalf of God. What's he doing? He comes to God on behalf of Job. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, he's coming to God. To, well, that's the role of a priest. A priest intercedes to God on behalf of people, prophet, priest, and then in the uh, the last temptation in the wilderness, you know, bow down before me and I will give you. So he kind of... Yeah, uh, all right. Serving, well, well, you know, all right. no, I wouldn't start a right. whole denomination over that, but yeah. I thought it was interesting. All right, well, let me, let me finish out with the thought with this one scripture out of Isaiah. I've always loved this. Uh, most every Bible teacher that I'm aware of believes this is referring to Satan, where he says in Isaiah 14, starting with verse 12, is how you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn. You are cut down to the ground. You laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God, I will set my throne on high. I will sit in the mount of assembly in forages of the north. I will ascend to the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to Sheol, to the farthest reaches of the pit. Those who see you will stare at you and ponder over you. Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world like a desert and overthrew its cities? who did not let his prisoners go home, and all the kings of the, and of the nations lie in glory, each to his own tomb, but you are cast out away from your grave. He says you look like you've been slain with a sword. You've been trampled under. Uh, you, look, you look like a dead body trampled underfoot. It ends in verse 19. So just it seems like it is a prophecy referring to the devil, where it says that mm-hmm. people are eventually going to say, you're kidding me. This is the one mm-hmm. who caused all of this havoc on earth? And so... I guess the bottom line for me would be don't put your faith in the devil. Don't be always thinking about worrying about what all he can do or can't do. Your faith is in God. I don't think the devil is worthy of our being afraid of him. There you go. Yeah, I mean the fear is you know we're not we're not led by fear. Perfect love casts out fear. So we're not not led by fear. We're not even half. But I mean we're just he's just not a force to be reckoned mm-hmm. with in the believer. If you understand, I believe understand the truth of the gospel. That is by grace, and you're not, you know, led down some path of thinking it's all about your performance and what you do. You don't have to worry about the devil. He's just not a big deal. Now, here's my question for He's you: a defeated foe, yeah, yeah, defeated foe. Yeah, there's, there's other. I, mean, I could have gone through a lot of other scriptures. Maybe I should have. Um, is it okay to talk to yourself, Jeff? Yes or no? That's all I'm looking for. Yes. Yes, it is. Is there a scripture for that? No. Yeah. Let me. Now you will. Have you ever thought about this? Psalm, David talks to himself. He does. Um, um, so, so the verse, um, well, I will say to myself, well, I don't know, you tell me. That might be one, too. There might be more than what I've got here, yeah. but he is, why are you so downcast, oh, my, my soul. soul? Yeah, he talks to his soul, yeah. It's like, why, like, why are you so down? He's hoping God. He talks, I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, Psalm one six. That's in Psalm 42. In Psalm 116, he says, return all my soul to your rest. For the Lord has dealt battle bountifully for, with you. Um, in Psalm 103, he says, Praise the Lord, O my soul. He's telling the soul to praise yeah, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's kind of what interesting. What got you thinking about these things? I don't know what hit me about that. <laughs> but it just, I think it's interesting that that there may be times when, you know, I could say, Roger, what are you so downcast about? You know, I mean, I don't know. I just find that interesting that in the Bible, David talked to himself a couple of times. I don't guess I do. You know, you asked me if is it okay. I, I said yes. I, and I, 
to say yes now, but you know, I'm not sure that I do. But I don't. Maybe I'll. Maybe I'll start. Maybe I'll. Maybe we should. Now I'm going to ask you what you think about this. Okay, change directions again. I mean, we do have a whip. We're in a whiplash zone. Mm-hmm. We change directions with no apparent continuity whatsoever. Um, Luke 12. I find this interesting. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, "Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me." But he said to the man, "What did he say to him? You know what he said, right?" And uh, talk about the. Um Covetousness. Well, he said, and he says first, yes, he does. Before that, he says, "Who made me a judge or an arbitrator? Right, um, arbitrator over you." Um, and he said, "Take care that you be on your guard against covetousness. One's life does not consist in both of his possessions." But a lot of times in life, we want God to make things fair for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many prayers are about that? Well, this is not fair. Make somebody treat me better. Make this happen mm-hmm. for me. And here's a place where apparently. This brother didn't give his brother the fair share of the inheritance, and he was fussing to Jesus about it. Can you tell my brother to do what he's supposed to be doing? And you would think maybe that the son of God there would say, listen, Fred, just give him his share of the inheritance. What's the problem? You know, but he, Jesus was no part of this dispute. I mean, isn't that somewhat interesting that Jesus and- did not want to get involved in that argument? There's another time. This is very similar to the other time when when uh, was James and John arguing about who would be sit closest. You know, and they, and they come to Jesus. You know, say, you know, can I sit closest to you or something like that yeah. in the kingdom? Of and he doesn't rebuke them for wanting to be close to him. Yeah, he just okay. says it's not up to me. It's kind of a similar thing to that one. Said so it's not up to me to determine who sits where and what. Yeah. But he, but he doesn't. Yeah, you know, when some someone comes to him. Or Mary and Martha. Martha comes to Jesus. You know, this is kind of, you can see a pattern of people coming to Jesus to complain about somebody else. Yeah. And it never goes well. You know, has, he, he never. We do that all the time. Yeah. And, and and he never says, you know, you're right. Boy, they're really. Yeah. And that's, I mean, there's so much. I mean, everybody. It's like everybody out on your own. Everybody in our world. I mean, it is, I mean, you probably get put out with it like I do. I, mean, I get tired of people fussing about how they're being treated wrong. And everybody's offended over something oh, these yeah. days. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that is interesting that the people that came to Jesus multiple times. So there's multiple examples of this coming to Jesus to complain about how somebody else was treating them. He never did take up that offense for them. No, never did. Either. Isn't that interesting? That is. So anyway, hey, one last thing. I did say I was going to um, explain why Evil Knievel was a little bit like the... the, oh, uh, the <laughs> forgot okay. about that. Okay. So remember on TV, and Evil Knievel would jump like a bunch of buses. Oh, that was a huge deal. Would, I oh, remember being oh, glued oh, yeah. to the TV yeah, he when was that was huge going on. We were growing yeah. up. And he jumped us uh, that Snake Canyon, okay? And you did not know whether he was going to make it. He didn't always make it. Sometimes he made it. Sometimes he didn't. I don't think he made it over the canyon. He didn't get well, hurt, but I don't think no, he I'm made it. No, I'm just saying it, over various things. Okay, no, he right, didn't right. make it. The buses. Right. Yeah, I remember he, the buses. He started with the canyon. He didn't make it, but a parachute opened up, and he came did down. Did the Astrodome. Up. I remember that one. Yeah. That was a big and one. And he wrecked. I mean, he wrecked, oh, yeah. he wrecked a bunch. So it, and that's the way people kind of look at the Christian life. You just don't know whether you're going to make it or not. <laughs> you just, you're making this big leap. And you're doing all your discipleship stuff, doing all your following, and you just don't know. You may crash, you may land safely. You may you just 13 kinda, out of 14 buses, yeah, but sorry, but that last just, one got you. Know, you. I mean, but it, that's kind of the way we look at it. So I don't know, that just kind of struck me that maybe that's, I don't know, maybe we just look at it the same way. Evil Knievel. If you're too young to know who Evil Knievel was, you have to just Google that, I guess, you know. But... Um, yeah, I got a verse I want to go out with. Is that all right? Go right ahead. Um, this is in um, Romans 8. It says, Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors 
through him who loved us. And it goes on to say, nothing separates us from the love of God. And I love it that it starts off the fact that the, the reason you can be a conqueror in life is because you know you have an unshakable love from God that no matter what happens, everything's going to be cool. And so read that sometime. That's in um, Romans 8, verse 37 through, I think, verse 39. But uh, just an amazing scripture. Amen.